Hello, and welcome to The Popcorn Isn't Real. I'm Leif Eric. I'm here with my brother Torvald. And today, we're going to be talking about the Lizzie McGuire movie. This is what dreams are made of. We have the director with us today. Please welcome to our podcast, uh, Jim Fall. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Happy to be here. I'm really happy to have you here, because first of all, I really like the theory that we have about the Lizzie McGuire movie, um, <laughs> which we'll get into. <laughs> Can't wait. But I'm also a big fan of the Lizzie McGuire movie, um, basically series finale in movie form to the Lizzie McGuire show, which I think is really cool that they were able to make this, you know, like it's super cool because it, it is the canonical ending of the show and they knew it was going to be. They were sending it all out with a bang. And that's great that they got the opportunity to do that. Much like other female heroines of the time, mainly Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Mary-Kate and Ashley, she goes to Dude, Rome. She, yeah, she has that's to do what one you do. thing, and that is to go to Rome. Most important <laughs> thing anyone yeah. could ever do. You're not a real teenage girl heroine from that time period, the early 2000s, until you go to Rome. Exactly. I think it's a really well-made movie. And what I really like is that it's very self-contained. You absolutely do not need to watch a single episode of the show to be fully engrossed in the Lizzie McGuire movie. They cover all their bases. I appreciate hearing that. I mean, this has been kind of an amazing year, year and a half, where I think a lot of kids who saw it when they were kids are now remembering it fondly. And it's been kind of a delayed, uh, you know, reaction for me of hearing everybody as adults remembering the movie so well. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to talk about it with you guys. It might be the only reason Leif and I saw it was because we had three sisters. So <laughs> I don't know if it's maybe. <laughs> but no, we loved it. This movie will always hold a special place in my heart because, <laughs> as you said, it's very important <laughs> for, uh, for young, young women on a magical adventure to go to Rome. And uh, I just so happened to have gone to Rome with my wife and her family, and I forced all of us to sit down and watch the Lizzie McGuire movie in Rome, followed by the Sabrina the Teenage Witch movie in Rome. In Rome. <laughs> which wow. is pretty much the crowning achievement of my life. Oh, <laughs> so. my God. That's kind of redundant. <laughs> it's a little bit of overkill there. <laughs> One of my favorite things I ever did. So how did, um, how did you get involved in this movie? Basically, my agent sent me the script. I had made one movie, a movie called Trick, an independent film that went to Sundance and did well. And I mean, did well in that it sold and came out and people liked it. You know, it was about a year and a half or so when my agent sent me a script that I think at the time it was called Chow Lizzie. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I knew nothing of the Lizzie McGuire show. I didn't know what the hell this was. But I read the script and I'm like, you know what? This is really sweet and funny. And listen, it's a trip to Rome. They're really going to go to Rome. Everything was in my wheelhouse. It was, you know, a, basically a romantic comedy. It was a musical, you know, mostly. And so all those elements were, were um, appealing, really appealing to me. And my executives at Disney at the time who hired me, Karen Glass and Doug Short, uh, they told me I was the most enthusiastic. I met on, I basically just met on the project and then pitched what I would do to fix the script or make the movie. And, and they said I was the most enthusiastic and they liked my first movie too. So that's how they hired me. How was that to, to like step into this living Lizzie McGuire universe and then create like the defining moment, like the capstone of the series? Was that kind of daunting? <laughs> I, it wasn't. It wasn't. I think they they I know they wanted somebody outside of the mix for the movie. I wanted to make it a movie. I wanted it to be widescreen. I wanted it to feel as much 
as a movie as possible, given the the sweet, simple story that was there. And I think that's another reason they hired me is they wanted the movie to be a movie and not feel like just another episode of the TV show. And now we're going to take that sweet, simple story and just kind of twist it a little <laughs> bit, make it, make it a little different. <laughs> sure. Basically, my theory revolves around Paolo Valisari. You might say he's the greatest villain Lizzie McGuire ever faced off against, right? Like he manipulated her. He practically ruined her magical trip to Rome, humiliated her in front of the entire world. Or did he? What did Paolo actually do to Lizzie in this movie? I mean, you might say he lied to her when he told her he didn't lip sync. He lied to her about having to perform on stage at the International Music Awards. He definitely lied to her a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He left her high and dry on the stage to perform alone and turned her microphone on in front of everyone, right? (laughs) No, that's wrong. Paolo did not actually do a single one of these things. But somebody did. It sounds like you watched a different movie than I did. I'm going to prove to you that canonically, (laughs) in-universe, Isabella Parigi... Lizzie's Italian doppelganger. She was the true villain. Every <laughs> single word she spoke to Lizzie was a lie. She was the one who lip synced. She like set Lizzie up for disaster. She spoke to Lizzie were a lie. That's correct. All of those words. <laughs> she set Lizzie up for disaster after humiliating Paolo, who was just a kind and naive former partner who never once lied to Lizzie. <laughs> so this, uh, this I, is I, my. You're gonna theory. have a hard time proving he never once oh, lied to Lizzie. He did not ever lie to Lizzie. <laughs> okay. The movie starts out with Lizzie and her friends graduating from junior high. And if you've seen the Uh show and if you've seen the movie, you might be wondering, like, where is Miranda in this movie? Because Lizzie has a best friend who is a girl who is named Miranda who doesn't even make an appearance in the movie. Right. And I did not know she existed until I finally watched an episode of the show years and years later. Yeah. Well, there's like a throwaway line from Lizzie DeGordo where she says, Miranda's in Mexico City right now, which just explains her away with one single line and you'd never have to worry about her again. It doesn't even impact the movie in any way that she's gone. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Miranda is, you know, absent and for whatever reason the role of best friend has to be filled by Kate her worst enemy pretty much (laughs) but it actually I think works almost a little better because throughout the entire show there's this thing where Kate and Lizzie used to be best friends and kind of drifted apart and Kate became a mean girl isn't that also the plot of Braceface? What's the Dude, mean girl don't. also? For- <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> we could go real far into how these shows all, Why did you know, Braceface never go to, to each other. <laughs> Why didn't she ever go to Rome? No, wait, she did go to Rome. Oh, I forgot. There's an episode where, because her best friend Nova, I forget her best friend's name, but she's she's part, she's half Roman, half like Asian, and they do oh, go yeah. to Rome. I forgot. You're right. <laughs> Roman. She's half Italian. <laughs> oh, half Roman. Well, it's okay. Paolo refers to himself and the people there as Romans, so I guess it's all right. <laughs> so, oh no, dude, there's even an episode of Lizzie McGuire where Lizzie goes crazy overboard and starts uh, bugging everybody about being environmentally friendly and doing all the environmental stuff, just like Braceface did. <laughs> oh, is there another episode that got banned where she gets an inflatable bra that's uh, controlled by a remote no. and then people start stepping on it and her boobs get gigantic? Dude, I gotta watch Braceface again. This sounds great. All right, all right. So, wait, but we were talking about Kate Sanders, uh, Lizzie's mean best friend. So, I think this is actually really interesting because right there at the graduation, Kate comes up and starts being all mean to Lizzie. She's calling out Lizzie for wearing the same outfit to the middle school graduation under her robes <laughs> as she did to the spring dance. And I think it's odd that they have like 
robes and caps yeah. for their middle school like, graduation. What the, what, what but, 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 we'll, we'll get into this that. Middle school graduation. But this is interesting because we know from the series that the spring dance was the spring fling and that Lizzie was specifically banned from attending the spring fling because oh. she covered for Kate when Kate broke the head off of the statue of the school's first principal, Walter Peterson, which was the entire point of that episode. So... Come on, Kate, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what happened to your memory? Like, her calling Lizzie out for wearing the same outfit doesn't even make sense when clearly no, no, she I don't, completely I don't think anything forgot happened Lizzie to her memory. I think this is her giving Lizzie, like, a warning. Like, like you don't... We're, we're going to pretend that didn't happen, Lizzie. You didn't cover for me. I don't owe you anything. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> pretty ominous. But yeah, what's with this graduation? Why? Who did, did you have a middle school graduation like this? I, I don't think I did. Listeners tweeted us on at popcorn isn't real, no apostrophe. Did you have a middle school graduation ceremony with like hats and gowns and speeches and stuff? Because uh, I sure didn't. So Lizzie has a big fiasco during the graduation, makes a fool of herself. We move on. They're all going on a trip to Rome. I mean, I just want to say that this 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 weird class trip was also very confusing to me because they're acting like they have to obey the principal Ungermeyer, who is not yet their principal. Yeah, I know. It's weird. They are not in high school yet. They're also not in middle school. I, it's just very confusing as to what this class trip is and how it is occurring and also why their principal thinks she can assign them like homework and reports and stuff when... First of all, she's not even their teacher. Second of all, they're not even attending her school yet. Yeah. No, it's pretty weird. Sorry, sorry. So so she's in she's in Rome. She bumps into Paolo at the Trevi Fountain. This is the first time they ever meet. He says he thought she was Isabella. And then his bodyguard says that they have to go. So he catches up with Lizzie at the gelato store, introduces himself. You know, he's Paolo, the big pop star, and asks Sergei, the bodyguard, if he thinks that Lizzie looks like Isabella. And it's at this point that suddenly masses of bystanders start photographing them and mobbing them and saying that she's Isabella and giving her cheese. Trying to crush them with giant wheels of cheese. He says, you know, you look just like Isabella, except for your hair. You're like two pods in a pea. Uh, he asks if they can see each other again tomorrow. Lizzie turns him down, so he kind of pressures her into it. He says, when some people come to Rome, it's because they want to find an adventure. Uh, she tells him that he can't even call her or talk to her because then she'd get in trouble with the school. Mm -hmm. So he says... Let's meet at the Trevi Fountain, 9 o'clock tomorrow, if you change your mind. Do you believe that it actually was an accident that Paolo found her? Was that just you really by chance? You think that Paolo knew that she was coming beforehand? <laughs> I don't know. Something about the way he finds her at the fountain seemed a little shady to me. I don't know. But, like, it doesn't make any sense that he would know. No, no, it does. But, like, it does. it's the answer to all of his problems, right? It's entirely possible that Paolo knew Lizzie was coming and had planned to meet her at the fountain. Because <laughs> it, it, it is possible in universe, though. Because get this, there are other people who recognize Lizzie in Italy, not as Isabella, but as Lizzie McGuire. When they first get to the hotel, the hotel manager recognizes Lizzie from her high school graduation because uh -huh. of the fiasco where she knocked everything over. He says okay, that he true. saw that on right, CNN. On CNN. <laughs> it was yeah. worldwide news. That is very true. 
That is very true. <laughs> so it's totally possible that Paulo oh saw God, this. I'm going to believe it. Right. Paulo could have seen this global CNN report. He could have noticed that Lizzie looked exactly like his partner Isabella and then thought, hey, I got to meet her. And, you know, maybe they finished up the report mentioning the school trip to Rome. Who knows? And he could have said, wow, I'll just go to the Trevi Fountain every day and wait for her. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, that's pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty dedicated there, Paolo. <laughs> that is very dedicated, but possible. Oh, we'll, we'll see. Possible. That's, that's not one of the staples of my theory, but just just uh, just a fun little tidbit that he yeah. could have actually been waiting for her there. So, see, I mean, but I would say that's a point for the dark Paolo theory, as we can call it. He knew that she was going to be there. He knew she was the answer to her problems because he saw the CNN report. She looks just like Isabella. I'm going to try to run into her. Where would she go? Oh, I'll just hang out at the Trevi Fountain with my bodyguard for the next couple of days. I don't know. But something like what that. about this makes him dark, Paolo? He's just trying to do exactly what he tells her he's trying to do, which is to Right, save but this isn't career. a normal thing. This is like a really weird stalkerish thing to do, to be like, aha, she looks just like Isabella. I'm going to use her to do what what I want her to do, you know? Yeah, so? I mean, who cares? <laughs> it's not like he's I trying can, to do I anything care. bad to her. All right, well, well, we'll get into more of Dark Paolo, uh, but, but, but we, can, we can move on. One of the things that happens in this movie is that, you know, people in Italy are recognizing Lizzie McGuire and thinking she's famous because, you know, yeah. she looks like Isabella. Yeah. In the actual shooting of the movie, was the Lizzie McGuire show a popular show in Italy? No, it really wasn't. I don't remember. Now, I wasn't, of course, with Hillary when she was on her own, whether or not. But I'm pretty sure she said, and I certainly did not witness anybody recognizing her. I don't think the Lizzie McGuire show had really permeated um, Italy at that point. Because we okay, we, we never were mobbed. It was more just being mobbed because we were making a movie and cameras right, make people yeah. look. But no one yeah. was like, you know, Hillary, Hillary. None of that happened. Was it easy to actually do the filming in Italy or was it a bit of a hassle? Like, was, It was a I mean, wonderful hassle. Like, I mean, it was insane. I have photos of us shooting on the Spanish steps and there are just throngs of people. Just we, we didn't really, <laughs> we got permits, but you can't, we don't have the money, didn't have the money to clear the streets and use <laughs> yeah. mil oh, no. <laughs> millions of our own extras. But of course not. So even at the Trevi Fountain, everyone you see on camera are, are pretty much our extras. But if you pull back, it's mobbed with people behind <laughs> us, like right behind <laughs> us, like right on us. So wow. <laughs> it was not easy doing that, but it was really fun. It was really fun. So this is where she starts having to fake illness in order to sneak out and meet with Paolo every day. So he takes her on a scooter ride to, in his words, see Rome how the Romans do. And they get stuck in a traffic jam. And oh no, the school bus is right behind them. And so Gordo has to distract Mrs. Ungermeyer because she might see Lizzie. I mean, Lizzie's wearing a helmet and literally all she has to do is not look behind her. Yep, that's all she has <laughs> Which to do. She knows She's very bad she, at this. Because <laughs> she already saw the bus. So all yeah. she has to do is but not look again. <laughs> she's really, really not good at not looking behind her. As we find out in this scene. Gordo literally just says to Mrs. Ungermeyer that there are really cool places that we should go to. We missed this one place. I'm a fan of Roman art and history. And Mrs. Ungermeyer says, you're on my list now. I, and I'm not sure if this is her kill list or her possibly have sex with list. Because oh, it's the puts, same list Sergei's on. <laughs> she puts Sergei on the list and she's clearly very attracted to him. So I'm not sure what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's also always like constantly calling out Gordo for things 
when she hates just being Gordo. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely hates Gordo. Like she's like, calling him a sneaky little brown noser with an agenda. She's <laughs> yeah. talking to you. She knows lady. nothing like, about him. He's just trying. He, like that was literally him introducing. He's never spoken to her before in his entire life. Well, and, and, and that's the yeah, first, the thing first she time says he to speaks him. to her, she calls him a sneaky little brown noser and tells him he's not going to get far with her like that. So then next time he speaks to her is at the hotel when she's like, all right, Gordon, you get this room. And all he says is, okay, sure. Sounds good. And then she turns on him and is like, well, the only thing I hate more than a sneaky little brown noser is a spineless little wimp who just folds over and does what I say. (laughs) What are you trying to get him to do? (laughs) She does not give Gordon any wiggle room. Whereas like Ethan Kraft, uh, like he's just skateboarding around in his room, just not doing any of the things she said. And she doesn't care at all. She's like, she seems to respect kids more like Ethan who are stupid (laughs) or or defiant. (laughs) But yeah, he's not even defiant, but just like, she hates people who try, I guess. <laughs> wow. That's the that's the perfect person to be in charge of education. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Paolo and Lizzie get out of there. They they're walking the streets of Italy having a good time. Lizzie asks Paolo if he still loves Isabella, and he says, right. Of course, like I still a love sister. her, but like a sister. Right. She asks why they broke up, and he says, It's complicated. I mean, yes, we've been voted best pop duo of the year again, but I want to do more serious music. And when I told this to Isabella, she said flat out, no. So I was forced to tell her this is it. This would be our last CD together. And Lizzie asks if she freaked out. And Paula says she totally freaked out. And yes, I feel awful about that. But what about me? I need to grow as an artist, you know? Mm -hmm. So then he tells her that he has this crazy idea. Isabella and I are supposed to present an award together at the International Music Video Awards. Right. And he says... But now, because Isabella is so mad at me, she's refusing to appear. The record company is threatening to sue her if she doesn't show up. And Lizzie says, what about you? And he says, for me, that's no problem. I write the music. I can go solo. But Isabella, she needs the help to sing. And Lizzie says, you mean Isabella lip syncs? And Paolo is so quick. He jumps out and he says, please, 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 please. You must promise me that you will never speak of this to anyone. Imagine what would happen to Isabella's career. And I'm just going to point out that throughout this whole movie, Paolo does a whole lot of sticking up for Isabella. Um, In fact, not once could I find a single instance where Paolo says a negative thing about Isabella or actually tries to ruin her career. He's actually mostly defending her career. (laughs) Okay, okay. But I have to say one thing. He does kind of lie in the scene. You kind of glossed over it when he goes, Mm -hmm. when he goes, I don't need, I don't, uh, you see, I forget he said, I can sing, la, la, la. He kind of goes, la, 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 la. I was like, can you sing, really? Is that really singing? And then (laughs) it's a subtle. He didn't want to put on a concert on the spot. (laughs) I know, but it's a subtle moment of like, uh, if he could really sing, you would have sang. Anyway, okay. No, definitely. No, I can totally (laughs) see what you're saying. But a big part of this theory is that Paolo can sing and does not lip sync, which I'm also going to prove, which that, might sound crazy to you. To me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like he sounds like he was lying. You're going to have a tough time proving that one. <laughs> I have actual proof that Paolo does not lip sync in this movie, that he is actually singing. But we'll get to that later. I am that's, dying that's the, to hear. the grand okay. finale. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the next day, they go shopping together in one of the most expensive shopping districts in the world. And Paolo thanks Lizzie again, specifically for doing such a kind thing for Isabella. He's constantly saying nice things about Isabella or, or thanking Lizzie for looking out for Isabella. I just think it's weird when 
if he really wants to destroy Isabella's career, all he needs to do is turn Lizzie against her instead of make her like Isabella, right? True. No, everybody wants to be a hero, right? He knows that people respond better to, you know, honey than vinegar, right? He's he's going to draw her in by letting her be the hero. You can not only work with me, hot Italian guy, but you can save the career of this person who I love, you know? Like, uh, he's allowing her to be the hero. We, we can put that on the back burner, but let me just sum up by saying Paolo never once in this entire movie says a single negative thing about Isabella. When on the other hand, Isabella is exclusively angry <laughs> and vindictive towards Paolo every yeah, time no, she talks about right, him. you're right, you're right. And that does certainly check out with Paolo's story. Right. There is one of these two people that seems to hate the other one, and it's not Paolo. This is when he takes Lizzie to find an outfit for the music awards. This is actually my favorite shot in the whole movie. So oh, yeah? he takes her to this place. This is right before she starts doing the dress up thing. Suddenly she's surrounded by just like five, I don't know, hairstylist dresser people. And they give her everything a girl could want. They give her <laughs> some candy and a <laughs> they have, phone. They have, <laughs> like yeah, they're just holding out stuff to her. Phone. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a shot of her sitting down, literally surrounded by five creepy people who are staring at her right up in her face without blinking. And she says... I'll just be sitting here in heaven with a huge smile. I'm like, dude, this dude, is not heaven. <laughs> this is so she creepy. Like this lady is just staring at you, holding out cookies. She's not even blinking. To me, this scene is important because as she starts trying on the clothes, she doesn't like them. She doesn't like how she looks. She says she's going to be shy and she's not going to have confidence on stage. And Paolo reassures her and says, we're all that way. And Lizzie says, not you. And then he says, yes, me. And Isabella, too. But it's how she works through her fears that makes her strong. And it's just once again, he is only saying good things about Isabella. Well, I mean, I, 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 I've always thought all of that was because he didn't want Hillary, Lizzie, to think he was a terrible person, that he was doing something underhanded. So he's, of course, going to be constantly not saying terrible things about Isabella, you know, to, to scare Lizzie off. Lizzie's the rebound in this case, and it's usually pretty easy to turn your girlfriend against the, you know, the rebound against the, the other woman, right? That would have been the slightly darker, meaner, yeah, yeah. meaner version <laughs> where he's constantly telling you how bad Isabella is. But Jim, can I ask, because, I mean, I've, I've shot a few films, but never like a, uh, a costume montage. How long does that take to just constantly be having your actor go back to wardrobe, <laughs> get dressed in a totally different outfit, and come back for just like a two-second shot of her in another outfit? Yeah, yeah, it took a while, and, and, and doubly long because she's 15 and you only have young actors oh, yeah. for a short right, amount of time yeah. anyway. So if I remember correctly, we were at that location, which was in Vancouver, I guess it was an interior. Um, it, it was at least two days. It was at least a two-day shoot for that whole sequence. That was the challenge, really. The whole movie was just having a fifteen-year-old in the lead because it—you don't have time. You don't have. You don't. You're not allowed to have time with her. So every time you see the back of her head, it's not her. There's, we couldn't use the back of her head, so it's always a stand. Right. Always a stand-in. Okay. How was the casting process? Because, like, really, the the new character for this was Paolo, right? Like, everyone yeah. else was returning from the show. Yeah. How did that go? Like, what were you looking for in, in a Paolo? Yanni 
auditioned in Vancouver and he's Canadian and he's not Italian, mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, he's not. I'm not sure if that's obvious, but, um, but he, he had great hair though. He, he had, had great hair. hair he's movie. handsome. He, he was, he, he was kind of perfect for the part. Yeah. So Yanni, Yanni auditioned and he was great. We loved him and we, uh, well, I think you found the right one. I really, I really like Paolo. I really like Yanni as an actor. And I think he played the role really well. I do too. I think he's great. I wish that. I don't know if you know too much about the uh, the Lizzie McGuire reboot that just got canceled. Yeah, I mean, I know um, as much as you. I wasn't in on it specifically, but it's just tragic. I was pumped for that. I was so excited. I was like, man, I'm going to get to watch Lizzie McGuire again. <laughs> it's going to be great. I had an idea that I think maybe dovetails with your idea about Paolo, because I've always thought Paolo was a good boyfriend for Lizzie ultimately really? also. I wanted, I would love to see a sequel where Lizzie and Paolo run into each other again. and That's uh-huh. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I was hoping for the reboot, uh, sorry, the, the revival, that they were going to bring Paolo back yeah. and we were going to see what happened to And him. he's like, you know, whatever he is now, but he's not the asshole he was. It's a whole flip. Exactly. You know, that he's... Well, he never, he never was not Well, asshole. that's why I want to hear. I want to hear All right, all right. I think we're to the point in the movie where I I feel like I know how you're going to get around this problem, but I'll ask anyway. So why did Paolo hide the fact that she has to sing at the awards? It's pretty big. That's pretty big lie. (laughs) Is it, though? Did he actually lie? So the way Lizzie finds out about this is that uh, Gordo gets a magazine from some Italian girls and it has Lizzie on the cover. Um, He tells Lizzie about it. He says he got these Italian girls to translate it for him. And Lizzie, you know, she wants to trust Paolo, but she's like, hey, this is kind of weird. And she confronts him next time they're going to go on a date. She says, "Uh, Paolo, why didn't you tell me we were going to sing? And he says, I wanted to tell you, but you told me not to telephone the hotel. And this is true. That was the very first thing she told him. Um, so he was then, just respecting as, her wishes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then no, it, it, it gets a little even more, um, even more understandable. As they're driving, Paolo says, Isabella and I were going to sing, but after Isabella would not speak to me, I told the producers we refused to perform. I said Isabella had throat problems. Lizzie asks what changed, and he says, you did. A reporter heard you speaking in front of the gelato shop. He reported that Isabella's voice was fine, and he said her English was very good, by the way. But then the record, right? <laughs> he said, but then the record company called, and now they're going to sue if we don't sing. Paolo's story completely checks out in universe. The photo on the cover of that magazine is of them at the gelato shop, just like he said. And the headline is, of course, in Italian, but I, I tried my best to translate it. And it is talking about the International Music Awards. And it's specifically the headline is announcing something along the lines of the couple will perform at the big international event, which sounds like they weren't going to perform. And this magazine has a scoop <laughs> that now they are because her voice is all better, right? Like, seems like he wasn't lying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, yes, you are making a lot of sense. You're making <laughs> right? a lot like, of sense. Of course he didn't tell her they were going to perform, you know, a, a day ago on their date because he didn't think they were. He they he saw this to. article and they're going to get sued. So now he's like, we are going to perform, <laughs> right? It, it wasn't his fault. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're making sense, shockingly. Yeah, <laughs> Shocking I know, right? True. Like, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> okay. It's uh, around this point that Lizzie and Paolo go to the rehearsal hall to prep for the music awards. He's going to teach her how to lip sync. When they start dancing, they're both really good. Was that actually Hillary and Yanni? <laughs> yes and no. 
<laughs> it, okay. There was, it's pretty much once the music kicks in and it's the montage, it's kind of what I said before. Anytime we're looking at them in the front and it's their faces, it's both of them. Anytime oh, yeah. the camera's swooping around behind them, it's oh, they're course, both yeah. dance doubles. And in fact, okay. in fact, the boy, magic. yeah, the boy who stands in for Yanni in this is the same boy that's in the end number who looks kind of like Yanni next to really Hiller. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. wow. oh, that's great. <laughs> He's, that's that's cool. the same guy. My brother and I, whenever we watched the movie, we we actually pointed out that backup singer in the end. And yeah. we, we had like a, a pretend little theory that we were like, what if this was like Paolo's brother or maybe like a, a clone of Paolo or something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's really interesting to hear you say that he actually played Paolo. <laughs> he played Paolo in the in the dance in that dance sequence, that very one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that made my day. Okay. He starts telling Lizzie to start uh, lip syncing. He says, just like Isabella, you know the song, right? And she says, yes. And then she gives it a try and he stops her. He tells her that her lip syncing is pretty awful, but it helps to sing. He says, it looks more real when you're lip syncing if you sing. And she says, but you weren't singing. And he says, but I won't be lip syncing. Lizzie, no one's going to hear you when you're on stage because the microphone will be off. You must try, please. He's not lying here. He will not be lip syncing, at least not of his own accord. <laughs> okay, but in his mind, isn't he lying? Like, because because he, he wasn't planning on bombing that award show at the end, right? No, he was not. <laughs> he was planning to sing well and did sing well. We'll get to that. All right, all right. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Just about so Yanni Gelman is playing a really big, famous, like, singer, pop artist. And he's playing across from Hilary Duff, who's playing Lizzie, who isn't. But in real life, Hilary Duff was a singer, pop artist, and, and Yanni Gelman wasn't. Like, what was that like, pretending to be the, I don't know, the big shot? Did he have a hard really time with The it? other one is. <laughs> no, he didn't have a hard time. He was totally cool. And when if you remember really, Hilary wasn't quite the singing pop star yet. She had only had... A Christmas album out at that point, and her yeah, that's true. Her albums hadn't, you know, the album came out after the movie. Then she really became more of a singing star for a while. So, I guess it was probably Hey Now Hey Now that did it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's interesting, and I I've said it. this before, but they they didn't love that song. I, I had that song commissioned from <laughs> really my friend um, D- Dean Pitchford, who co-wrote it, wrote Footloose, and wrote a whole bunch of wonderful Oscar nominated and winning. Oh, he wrote Fame. He wrote all these things, right? Um, he'd become a friend and I asked him if he'd write the finale number. He wrote this with another writer whose name I always forget because I'm a terrible person. Anyway, he, (laughs) we, I loved the song. I loved it. And it was too, but amazing song. I know. But, uh, but back then they, uh, really had to go to the mat to get Disney to like it. And for Hillary's mom to like it. And I, uh, they thought it was too bubblegummy or something. I was like, this (laughs) song is perfect. For this movie. It, it is, yes. absolutely. That's actually, you're like blowing my mind here. So you're the reason that we got, this is what dreams are made of. That's so cool. Yeah, that song. And I had to fight for it. And so did Dean Pitchford. He had to go and and really convince. It was mostly Hillary's mom. I think wow. she was her manager. And there was work because they were about to launch her music career. And it was a sweeter yeah. song than what they wanted her to do. But it's like, this is a Lizzie song, not a Hillary song. You know, it's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, we had to fight for it. (laughs) 
Well, I'm glad you got it. <laughs> I am too. Yeah, me too. This is a great song. I love it. I've I been singing it for, for decades. It's so catchy. It just sticks in I your know. brain. It's an earworm. <laughs> it really is. I have this fondest memory of, of driving around Rome. Our driver was this really cool, heavyset guy named Maximo. And he, I got the CD, which was the, which was the demo. D- Dean had had a demo singer sing the original demo of the song. And we put it in the car when we drove to the set and we were all like bopping to it because it was so good. And I said, I asked <laughs> Maximo, I was like, do you like, do you like the song? And he goes, I love it. I love the song. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're well, keeping so the good. song. All right. All right. The next part is when Gordo is getting shipped off, right? He's, yes, he's, he's exactly. got to go back home. So Gordo's at the airport all alone <laughs> for I know. some reason. There's no chaperones. <laughs> I know. No. I know. It's okay. I mean, it, it actually fits in universe because Mrs. Ungermeyer was, I mean, she was a bit, uh, <laughs> a bit I know. crazy. <laughs> I know. One chaperone, even for all those kids, just one. And then they send them to yeah. the airport in a foreign country to go home. Well, and I mean, he basically gets kidnapped by some crazy Italian and woman, then he right? Gets so right. it's clearly a bad idea. Uh, as you mentioned, Gordo, he's in the airport. He's all alone. He happens to see Isabella. He recognizes her because she looks just like his best friend, Lizzie. Uh, he runs up, pushes through her entourage. And Isabella, in the meantime, unlike Paolo, is saying a lot of mean things about Paolo. She's really unhappy with Paolo. So she's complaining. She's saying, uh, who is this girl? I've been relaxing on that island trying to forget about this whole situation. And then this, can somebody tell me what's going on? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just going to point out here. It sounds like she had no intention of actually dealing with these music awards. In which case, yeah, she was going to get sued and Paolo really was helping her, right? <laughs> but uh, so Gordon, he kind of elbows in. <laughs> Did you have anything to say? No, just... no, no. I'm just, it's just bringing <laughs> okay, cool. flashbacks of, re- of reading the script and trying to connect the dots to make sure that all this stuff made sense. And you're, oh, yeah. and you're finding, you're finding <laughs> like the loose, oh, no. the loosey goosey underpinnings. I, I've connected all the loose ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so, so Gordo, he, he slides in and he says, hey, that's my friend, Lizzie McGuire. I can tell you all about her. At which point, Isabella grabs him and says, uh, I demand for you to tell me everything you know about this Lizzie McGuire. And he says, you tell me everything about Paolo Valisari. And then um, Isabella says, I left all my thoughts about him on, on the, the island. island. And then uh, Gordo says, well, you may have left him on the island, but my friend Lizzie is out there pretending to be you so that you don't get sued. At which point, Isabella looks really uncomfortable and says, we need to talk in private, which sounds kind of sinister to me, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes perfect sense. I'm not sure what your problem is. <laughs> oh, my, my, my version makes perfect sense as well. You'll see. <laughs> okay, it's, it's the end of the movie. They're going to have the big finale. It's the music awards. Lizzie is nervous again. Paolo reassures her once again for the umpteenth time in this movie, says she can do it because... You shine with the light from the sun. So as it is pointed out by Isabella later, Paolo does use that line on everyone, apparently. No, he. she just heard him say it. She was right there. No, she wasn't. <laughs> she just she heard the conversation. She knows he used that line because he used it on her. No, she heard he him say it. He uses it, it on everyone. Right there. I'm She's pretty sure there. the implication <laughs> is that he uses it on everyone. Yeah, or she was standing right there and heard it. All right, so Gordo pulls her aside and says, Lizzie, listen to me, Paolo is setting you up. Lizzie says, what are you talking about? And Isabella says, actually, he is setting me up. Me up. 
Gordo tells her the whole story about Paolo doing his own music and going solo. That's Isabella. She's the one that sings live. And Isabella is very quick to to nod and say, see, Paolo is the one that lip syncs, not me. Maybe a little too quick to agree, right, Isabella? (laughs) (laughs) So Gordo says that Isabella is the one who wants to quit the act. Paolo is just a liar. This has all been some sort of crazy scheme to set you up and embarrass you on stage. So it looks like Isabella can't sing. How? Why? Like, how could she possibly know this? She can't read Paolo's mind. Like, the only thing she could infer from this is that Paolo wants to save their careers and stop them from getting sued. I mean, it's going to take some work to convince me that she lip syncs. But she says to Lizzie, Lizzie, who are you going to believe? This boy you've known your whole life? And then I think she should have stepped forward and said, or yourself, and pointed (laughs) to her own face. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> which so, of course wouldn't have made any sense because that boy and her were saying the same thing <laughs> well <laughs> wow. <laughs> that would have been great no I just I actually wanted to point out this line because she's saying Lizzie who are you going to believe this boy you knew your whole life meaning Gordo and vicariously Isabella or this boy you're just meeting who says you shine with the light from the sun believing Gordo in this case just means believing Isabella who is this girl who she just met (laughs) right like Mm -hmm. there's no reason to believe Isabella more than Paolo believing Gordo is not the issue here because Gordo knows no more about what's happening than Lizzie (laughs) yeah I mean I can go along with that that Gordo is it could possibly be misinformed in this situation it's all very confusing (laughs) it's okay we'll we'll get to it okay this this is really important because at this point Lizzie says Okay, well then, now you're here, so go and sing. That's exactly what should have happened. (laughs) Like, Isabella is here, she needs to get on stage and sing because it's her freaking job. (laughs) Right. Like, there's no reason for her not to. Because she wants to embarrass Paolo. She wants to know... Exactly. She wants to reverse, turn the tables. Sounds like... Sounds like maybe a vindictive kind of person, right? Well. Isabella says, Paolo will know it's me and he'll make an excuse to leave. But if we want to get back at him in front of the whole world on live TV, we must make him sing. And I don't know. It sounds like she has it out for Paolo, right? She, I'm just saying, compare the way Paolo talks about her, which is always, you know, praising and defense, defending her. And she just seems to want to hurt him. I don't know. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. So the sound guy, Sandro, Sandro, says that Paolo did not bring a voice track for Isabella, meaning Lizzie. Sandro says she's going to sing live like she always does. Now, why did he not bring a voice track for Lizzie when they were only practicing lip syncing, right? Like in their one little uh, rehearsal they did, they only practiced lip syncing. So why didn't he bring a voice track for her? I'll tell you exactly what's going on. Isabella walks up to Sandro and says, Sandro, did you bring the voice track for me tonight? He looks at her, then looks at Gordo, and then says, no, no, he did not. There is no track. Paolo, he says you're going to sing live like you always Always do. do. (laughs) Right. And uh, I think... This sounds exactly like a practice line, which he's saying because there is somebody next to her. <laughs> You're going to sing live like you always do, wink, wink, right? <laughs> Nobody in the history of the earth would ever unprompted use the qualifier like you always do unless they are lying, <laughs> right? Either way you read what happens next, Isabella is thick as thieves with Sandro because he does whatever she says anytime she says it. He doesn't care what Paolo says. He doesn't care what happens to Paolo. He cares about Isabella. And this makes perfect sense 
if you understand the fact that Isabella lip syncs. So of course she needs to be in with the sound guy. He is on her side 100%. <laughs> All right. Okay. So he's ready for her okay. and he's just doing what he does, which is lie and say, you don't lip sync. You're going to sing live like you always do. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. right. I don't know why they needed to have this so practiced just to impress this random high school kid who doesn't matter. They weren't counting on him being there, and she's not thinking about that. Like, she she was just coming to talk to her sound guy, and he was just doing what he always does when there's someone else around. <laughs> Say, you sing live, you don't lip sync. <laughs> okay. I think that makes sense. <laughs> I, know, I mean, it, right. could, it could make sense. I would have cut to his eyes going like, oh, like I always I know, did. I know. <laughs> okay, but just, just wait. Here comes the very best proof that I have. All right. So the song starts. Lizzie walks on stage. Isabella says, Sandro, turn down Isabella's mic. Right. And yes. Sandro and says, he turns that? it down. She says, turn down the mic. Now, Sandro turns down Isabella's mic. Paolo's mic right next to Isabella's is still turned up. Paolo's mic is on and he's singing. I'll have to. Oh, yeah. Maybe you've caught. I mean, it's, it's very clear. <laughs> I feel like I'm on trial. No, no, please don't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> Isabella starts singing for Lizzie, okay? She, she right. sings the ballad portion of it. Right. Um, I could almost kiss the stars. Right. They, they get yeah. into it. Paolo sees Isabella singing for Lizzie and just looks confused, but goes along with it, right? Because he's probably really happy that his partner is actually here and now he doesn't have to pretend to save her career, right? Now they can just do the performance as far as he's concerned. Right. So at this point... Isabella points to Gordo. He turns Paolo's audio down. He doesn't turn it up so you can hear Paolo. He turns Paolo's audio down. Right. And then turns up some other random channel. Three random unlabeled channels. And suddenly, Paolo sounds bad and looks really confused about it. Right, okay. Isabella walks up to him and says, Sing, Sing to, to me, Paolo. <laughs> now, this is what we might call in a, in a magic actor in social engineering, this is a force. She's forcing him to keep trying to sing because he's confused. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know why he sounds horrible. Isabella and Lizzie both look so snidely at him and he just looks betrayed. He just looks broken. He shakes his head and just, just walks away. <laughs> Clearly what's happening here is that his mic was on and she turned on a bad track that she had pre-recorded to embarrass him. If this is a pre-recorded track recorded by who? It might be the audio guy. It might be Sandro. Who knows? Uh, the, <laughs> the only thing important here is that the audio guy, Sandro, is clearly, either way you interpret this movie, clearly willing to bomb Paolo's career. So it's a pre-recorded track, and it, it's, he, is, he is now essentially, unbeknownst to himself, lip-syncing to a bad track. You got it. And that's why he's so confused. He doesn't know what's going on. First of all, Isabella's here. Now he sounds bad. Like his first thought was, I guess I just need to sing a little better. So he tried and then he gets it. And that's why he leaves. <laughs> the obvious argument would be, why does the bad soundtrack that she recorded to sabotage him lip sync with him so well if he thinks he's really singing but i think the answer to that would be that you know they both know the song they know how to sing exactly on rhythm and on time my mind is leaking out of my brain at this point because i can't <laughs> quite wrap my head around what you you i mean it all kind of comes down to what levels were being pushed up and down on that on that soundboard right mm -hmm. yeah yeah <sighs> All right, I got to look at it again now because now I'm like, now I'm confused. Go for it. 
seriously, I would encourage you and, and anyone listening. It's funny you're saying all this because I remember my producer, uh, David Rossell and I, two or three days before we shot that whole thing, we literally had lost our minds trying to figure out what the hell we were, <laughs> what, what made sense because it didn't oh, no. make sense. <laughs> and so the best we could come up with was, okay, the mics are here. Maybe that's a, maybe that really is a blooper. It's not a blooper. It's, it's confirming my theory here. <laughs> um, Lizzie, feeling that her job is done, turns to leave. But oh, no, no, no. Isabella's horrific revenge is not done yet. She <laughs> yeah, sees no. Lizzie leaving, then walks towards the crowd. She wanted to tank Paolo, and she wanted to destroy her doppelganger, Lizzie. <laughs> she sees Lizzie leaving and says, Say buenos to my new American friend, Lizzie McGuire. And then explains so that everyone knows, Paolo tried to use her to try and fool all of you into thinking that I could not sing. Like, she is very quickly explaining this whole situation to everyone, just like she quickly explained it to Lizzie. It seems like she's trying to control the narrative. Oh, that's when they're backstage, when, 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 um... When Paolo's about to get confronted by Sergei. So it's off camera. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. off camera, but you can still hear her talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, she's really trying to control this narrative here, that someone was trying to screw her over, but she's a hero. I yeah, mean, yeah. Seems like maybe she wouldn't say anything about that and would just continue the, the concert unless she really has a vindictive, uh, sorry, a vendetta towards Well, I mean, and... she could still be pissed. It doesn't have to be a <laughs> yeah, vendetta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, For she sure. could still yeah, sure, be sure. upset that he, he was trying to pull something over on this poor American girl who yeah, just yeah. so happens to be able to sing. And one thing, too, about our podcast is, is Torvald and I, we sound crazy. Like, we're interpreting the movie in some, this weird way that it was <laughs> never meant to be. way that it clearly wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> yes, but you are clearly, ma you're making a lot of sense, though. That's what's frightening me. You're that, that's why we always say to everyone, like, go and watch the movie. You know, if you own it or rent it or whatever, but like, watch it again. And maybe, we'll maybe we're not so crazy. <laughs> Look for these details I'm pointing out. Every single one of them actually happens in the it's movie. So, so. True. <laughs> so Paolo leaves. We cut back to Isabella. She says, Do you want to hear her sing? And then Sandra right. turns Lizzie's mic up again. Lizzie is kind of forced to sing. She had no intention of singing on right. stage. Paolo never forced her to sing on stage. He had a he had a, an audio track already for her. He was gonna have her lip sync. Isabella forces Lizzie to do something outside of her comfort zone and sing on stage. <laughs> kind of sinister, right? Like, why is she doing this? You are so right. You are right. And Isabella and Lizzie start their duet. And what you're saying is that Isabella's luck, her incredible luck, has just run out. Just ran out. Because, because even though she had no Lizzie idea that Lizzie could singer. sing, turns out she can sing just as good as Isabella. Right. So Isabella was planning for Lizzie to bomb so that she could be like, haha, everyone look at this stupid girl who thought she could be me. Now listen to me sing, right? She, she was just going to take care of Lizzie because she didn't want someone who looked just as good as her and saying, you know, in people's minds, just as good as her running around, right? She needed to take care of all of her competition. And Lizzie was part of that competition. Isabella and Lizzie at this point have their big and wonderful duet, their, their huge musical number. I got to say, I just love the shot where they're they're pointing at each other you know and the camera switch pans That's over so to the other one it's just like it's when my my wife and i rewatched it recently and she was just like whoa rewind that that was so cool <laughs> and i mean it must have been hard to pull off back in what 
2001 or two, like, yeah, I mean, that's why that's why it, it was I tried to do a lot of sort of clever cutting and that one swish pan, you know, that we had we had a wonderful effects team back then. But, you know, not not to the extent you have now, we could have done all that stuff so easily. But uh, there's lots of clever cuts and doubles. So as the director, you probably know better than any of us. Hillary Duff is actually voicing Hillary Duff's yes, singing voice. Yes. But who's voicing Isabella's singing voice? I'm 98% sure it was Haley Duff, her sister. The actual, when the music was actually recorded, the vocals, they would go away and record them and bring them back to me. So I didn't witness it happening, but I was told, and we had a discussion that it would make more sense if it was Haley, because Haley can sing, and plus there's an extra track on the album of Haley's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Haley, it's Haley Duff's voice. Well, that, that's really great that you can confirm that rumor then, because that also confirms that there is one person on this stage that is currently lip syncing, and it's <laughs> Isabella, not Lizzie. <laughs> All right. Lizzie's voice is actually Hilary Duff, her actor's voice. She is not lip syncing. Isabella's voice is not her actor, Hilary Duff's voice. Isabella's voice is Haley Duff's <laughs> voice, or, or maybe someone else. She is currently lip syncing on stage. <laughs> Just pointing True. that out for you. True, but when you make a movie, when you make a movie, right. everybody's Everyone's lip syncing. <laughs> so it's another I know, layer. I know, I know. <laughs> but still, it's, she's the only person up there singing with not yeah, her real that's voice, true. right? That's true. So, <laughs> I mean, that has to mean something in universe. It's at this point that Lip syncing Isabella decides that she will tank Lizzie no matter what. She and just straight up leaves. At the end of the first verse, <laughs> she just leaves. She just nopes she just, out of there. Yeah. She's just no, out. I, and there's I, no reason I, for I agree her to leave. On this point. It is she very has, weird that, that, that Isabella just straight up leaves the stage. <laughs> She's like, well, so she can perform. Let's see how she performs alone and left. <laughs> oh my God. Unfortunately, all those backup dancers came out to save her. <laughs> I know. I know. Right? Yep. <laughs> Those great backup dancers and Paolo's oh, brother. And <laughs> they Paolo's saved brother. her butt. <laughs> no, I just, I can't think of a single reason that Isabella would leave in the middle of her own music number unless it's to try and screw Lizzie. <laughs> She's doing that to give Hillary, Lizzie, her moment alone right, on right. stage to shine. That that was the logic. You know, it's interesting. That was actually my idea because... Originally, the writers wanted Lizzie and Isabella to sing the duet the whole time on the stage, right? For oh. the whole number. And part of me was like, for two reasons. One, that's going to be a real problem to shoot, you know, with the effects that we don't have time to do or money oh, to yeah. do well. So I didn't want to have to do a bunch of, a whole bunch of cheat shots. I already did enough to have them together, right? Right. And the other thing was just, my instinct was just, this is Hillary's, you know, dream movie her you know wish fulfillment she needs to shine alone on stage no matter how little sense it might make to have her sing (laughs) at the end because completely i mean you're right why does isabel leave i don't know maybe because she's a super villain maybe because she's a super villain No, Personally, I, mean, I thought because she had a heart of gold and wanted Lizzie to sing. Yeah, but she, obviously she could be Maleficent. I don't know. Obviously, any sane person watching this movie would realize that it's this is Lizzie's moment and this is her her big finale to her whole awesome show that she had. But I know, but the plot the plot has holes, and I I, hear, I see it. I see it. No, the plot doesn't have holes. It all makes sense if you just you know listen to my theory and believe it. Everything makes sense. I think it's an amazing plot. But seriously, taking off my. You 
you know, my theory glasses. What a finale. <laughs> like, oh, man, after after seeing the whole Lizzie McGuire show and then seeing Lizzie up on stage in the Coliseum singing with backup dances, it's like, oh, what a send off. One thing that I've noticed about the movie rewatching it and also rewatching the whole show, I think the movie actually does a really good job staying true to the tone and the humor of good. the show. Um, like, yeah, they're very similar, but then the movie is just, it, it's, it's bigger, right? Like it, it feels a little more like epic. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, because it can be, I mean, we were in Rome and we had, you yeah. know, $17 million budget. And I mean, the TV show doesn't have that at its disposal. No, so it, 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 it couldn't have had the same scope. Just to throw another a completely ridiculous theory into the mix. There is a moment during that finale where, she tells Lizzie to sing. Lizzie's about to, she's trying to get off stage and Gordo like stops her from going off stage. Yeah. And yeah. we were like, why is Gordo forcing her to stay on stage? Unless, unless Gordo has something worked out with Isabella where he was like, clearly I'm not going to get Lizzie. I've always been playing second chair to people like Ethan Kraft and now Paolo. Maybe if I work with Isabella, I can get someone who looks exactly like Lizzie. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, this is all so great to hear because as I was saying at the beginning of our, our conversation, I have always thought, that if there was ever a sequel, and I was thinking more in terms of a movie, but even if it turned out to be the TV show, I really would want her to run into Paolo. And 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 then too. how wonderful would it be if Paolo's completely changed? He's now a really oh, good guy. Awesome. Well, in your mind, he was always a good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, whatever he is now, but he's not a pop star. And he's like in obscurity. Right. And somehow they actually do fall in love oh, in this new version. That you know? would be there's awesome, some, man. And Isabella, I mean, but your theory is great because then Isabella, he, he could she regurgitate. Could be the guy. <laughs> he could regurgitate this whole version that you just said and say she's That'd be the so one. good. Because Hillary could be like really upset that she's ruined his career. And it's like, you know, you don't know. It's Isabella who's the villain, <laughs> you know? And then so it all the be... flashbacks to prove it based on your uh -huh. theory. I don't know if wow. you've seen uh, Cobra Kai, but this could be the Cobra Kai of the Lizzie I McGuire know. world. I, I saw some of Cobra Kai, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That would be awesome. No, oh. I, I, that would oh, that would be so amazing if, if, if you or someone could make that sequel. Because, I mean, a lot of this theory um, kind of stems from the fact that just like, I really like Paolo as a character and I don't want him to be the bad guy, right? So I kind of twisted it until I could make him the good guy. I think Paolo and Lizzie, they fit so well together. They I were great, know. right? They like, were really charming. They had such chemistry. <laughs> That's one of the things I was really disappointed about the the series not happening was, you know, I was kind of wondering how are they going to how are they going to deal with the movie because they certainly used what dreams are made of and they referenced it in all the promotion and but I just wondered like who is Hillary's character now? Who's Lizzie, someone who was on stage in Rome? Like it's such a big ending that movie. Like how do you recover from that? Who do you become after that? I don't know. I think that's about it for my theory, though. I mean, from then on, it's basically just wrapping up. Um, they end the song. They take a bow. Uh, her parents get to see it. She kisses Gordo. And it's pretty much the end. One of the last things I want to say, Ethan Kraft, I love his arc in this movie. And oh, yeah? It, he wants spaghetti. It is that he, <laughs> he wants, wants spaghetti. spaghetti. <laughs> and 
<laughs> he finally gets his spaghetti at the end, and I just he gets his I spaghetti. Just, well, no, right what I end. love is the attention to detail of it, though. Like you look at him eat that spaghetti, he's a pro at like grabbing that spaghetti, and he oh, actually yeah. rolls he it in wraps his spoon. It in his spoon, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. You dude. look at Kate trying to wrap her spaghetti; she like can barely do it, drips out of her mouth. I mean, like this, like. I just love the attention to detail. Like, this guy really does love spaghetti, and they knew that, and he finally gets it at the end. <laughs> I think uh, Ethan Kraft's character is actually pretty interesting. I like his character because he's not your typical hot guy in a teen girl movie. He's not, like, a, he's not a bad guy. No, he's like a super good guy. Like, he's really nice. <laughs> kind of the opposite of, well... I was going to say the opposite of Paolo, but what the movie, the general interpretation no, of Paolo. Paolo was really nice. <laughs> Paolo never did anything mean to anyone. Like he was manipulative. Yeah, but he was very honest about it. I truly believe that Paolo did nothing wrong. Paolo never lied. And Paolo did not lip sync except for when he was forced to lip sync by Isabella, who was the true villain of this story. She lied. <laughs> she manipulated and she left. She deserted Lizzie on stage. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. And you may have made me a believer. And now you're going to make me watch the movie again with all of this in my brain <laughs> and thinking, wow, this could be a different. This is a different movie than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that, that is absolutely what we like to do on our podcast. You know, these movies that you watched a long time ago, you forgot about, watch them again and see them in a different light. And they can be just as fun as, as they always were. <laughs> and that's absolutely the biggest praise anyone could ever say to me. So thanks for that. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to our, our theory. My pleasure. And you know, you know what today's date is that we're recording is the actual release date of the movie. It's May, May 3rd. Wow. Really? Really? Yeah. 18 years ago today, the movie was released. Well, that was totally intentional. <laughs> yeah, we planned it. <laughs> Definitely. Did you? <laughs> no, we did not plan that. <laughs> we had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, we always give our guests a moment if there's anything they want to promote or talk about, just anything at all. Uh, you can talk about whatever you want. Uh, no, I guess really I'm just working. I'm just, I've been writing and I have a sequel in the works for my very first movie, Trick, um, cleverly titled Trick 2. <laughs> <laughs> Good title. <laughs> yeah. So um, that got stalled a bit because uh, uh, of the yeah. pandemic and some other contractual issues, but we're hoping to get that back back online soon. So uh, hopefully we'll be shooting that sometime this year. We'll see. But that's really the main thing going on. Cool. That, that would be awesome. Well, ev everyone, you hear that? Go go and see Trick 2 when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. give, uh, give Jim Paul some love. Yeah. Watch his movies. He's a great director, a uh, great writer, and uh, a great guy for just being here. Oh, this is fun. I'm really blown away. I mean, that, that actually is really thoughtful, uh, deep dive into the movie, and it's making me go, oh, my God, I got to watch it again. What the hell? You didn't have that hard a time proving it, and I think no? that's what's so funny. It's like you you could totally use this to pitch a new version that uses this theory yeah or, <laughs> as what really happened you know you you could totally use this as the uh, director writer <laughs> well Please i'd have do. to give you credit <laughs> that that would make my life i'd be so i'd be so happy you guys are hilarious this was fun thank you so much for listening music for this episode was provided by christine we always put a link in the description so just click that link watch the movie and, you know, let us know if you think this is a good theory or not. Let us know what you think. If you like our podcast, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts. And also follow us on Twitter at Popcorn Isn't Real. And remember, the popcorn isn't real. <laughs>